Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at ASD underscore Hokie Smash. I'm going to turn it over to our moderator, Matthew, now as he welcomes our podcast guest. One of our favorite guests has returned to the show tonight. This is Matthew. You can follow me on Twitter at ad Hokey Smash. I just about gave my wrong Twitter. <laughs> at ASD underscore Hokey Smash. One important thing I want to say. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the country. Again, this is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the country. The site Twitter account is at all sports DACC and one of our favorite guests a return guest is on this podcast tonight we're always excited to have great voices here on this podcast Tristan Freeman the owner and operator of the fan sided blog busting brackets that's at busting brackets on Twitter he's here with us tonight he was here with us prior to the new year and he's here again in the year to review Last week's ACC men's basketball action and preview the upcoming week. And you can follow Twitter, uh, excuse me, Tristan on Twitter at at HoopsNut351. Again, that's at H-O-O-P-S-N-U-T-351. Tristan, welcome back to the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We're happy to have you on. Before we start with the ACC week that was in Hoops, is there anything that you want to plug at your fan-sided blog, Busting Brackets? That's the first question. And also, plug anybody that's working with you. Welcome back, friend. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say check out my latest Top 25 Power Rankings that came out at 3 p.m. But, of course, the Temple Owls had to spoil that by beating number one Houston. But yeah, that's what happens when you do Power Rankings during a day. But can't complain. Uh, working on all national topics. We just did an article uh, by a uh, great contributor of mine, Joey Luce, who, who did uh, eight candidates that could be in line to replace Mike Bray at Notre Dame. Because that's obviously one of the big storylines in the ACC. And it's not a job like Texas where you'll get like the huge names like the NATO Eric Musselmans. But there's still going to be a, a few good candidates that the Irish can choose from once the retirement officially occurs this offseason. Excellent, excellent. Well, we—I'll tell you—we look forward to we look forward to reading that, and we'll make sure that we we'll make sure that we we plug it when we do our around the ACC blogosphere post at allsportsdiscussion.com. So let's get right to the week here, man. Who was your ACC men's basketball team of the week? And then on the give us your flip side answer too. Who was your most disappointing ACC team of the week? The floor is yours, Tristan. Yeah, so uh, team of the week, you have to give it to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They're, they're a solid team, but their resume isn't necessarily as good. So they were really in need of a big win this week. And it, last week, and they got it on the road against Clemson. They took advantage of the Tigers missing a couple of key guards. But hey, that's what happens. A lot of people, teams are missing players. And Wake Forest got the big one to give uh, Clemson their first uh, loss in ACC play. And now they're quietly 6-3. and three themselves and have a chance to make a, a little run going forward then as far as the most disappointed team 
there were two that, that sort of tied. I think one was the Pittsburgh Panthers. You're at home. You're going up against Florida State, who's certainly improved compared to the non-conference, but still they're a quad four opponent, and they had a lead in the second half, but just gave it up in the final minute, similar to what happened with Clemson. And that's a loss that they just certainly couldn't afford. And then Syracuse, to start out the week, they were leading Miami. And that would have been a huge quad one victory for them. I don't think that they're truly an NCAA tournament contender, but they have a good record in ACC play. And if you get that win, maybe you can start getting some conversation. But they uh, blew that one, and it was just a loss that they couldn't have. So I think those two teams were the, the least impressive, so to speak, this week. Good analysis. Great analysis. Jeff, you're up, Brent. All right, thank you, Matthew. All right, Tristan, what ACC game are you looking forward to the most in this upcoming week, and who should be on upset alert this upcoming week? Yeah, uh, two games caught my eye on. The one tomorrow, Duke at Virginia Tech's going to be real interesting. Uh, the Hokies, are, their, their tournament hopes are, are lying flat. They're 1-7 in league play. They need to get something, but Hunter Couture is back. So now there's really no excuses, and they take on a Duke team that's young and has struggled on the road this season. So that's one tomorrow. Among the Saturday games, the one that clearly stands out to me is NC State Awake Forest, which is going to be a bubble battle. Well, the status of Taquavian Smith is, is in question. The good news is he seems to be okay after suffering a scary injury this weekend. But that's a game that both the Wolfpack and Demon Deacons are going to need, and that's probably the, the most easy battle of all the games this weekend. As far as uh, upset alert, uh, you, I, you could argue that both Miami and Clemson are upset alert when they travel to Florida State this weekend. I mentioned before the Seminoles are very improved. They're, they're in play to be spoiler. I think that they could have a big impact on how many bids the conference gets down the road. And I, I think there's, there's a legit chance that either Clemson or Miami will lose this week to the Seminoles when they both travel down there. Yeah, very good call there, Tristan. Florida State is, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of the uh, NCAA tournament, but Florida State is basically the ACC's worst nightmare. Uh, an ACC team with horrible computer numbers because of the non-conference results that you mentioned, but they're getting healthy, they're getting guys back, and they're starting to play with confidence. And, I mean, they're, they're I think it's a virtual guarantee. They're going to knock off a bubble team or two here down the stretch and, and really mess up somebody's uh, numbers. So, so right now they, they, they're the ACC's, you know, as far as bids, worst nightmare, bad computer numbers, but improving and capable of knocking off, you know, some of the upper echelon teams. Um, let's look nationally now, Tristan, what are some of the national games that you're looking forward to this week? Yeah, so there there were a, a, a three that caught my eye. One is Xavier at UConn. Like the Huskies not too long ago was the number two team in the country. They've just really fallen flat since. They can't win on the road to save their lives. Good thing for them is they're at home against the top team in the Big East, Xavier. This is a game where if you're a UConn and you want to show that you're any kind of contender, you're going to have to find a way to win this one. And if you're Xavier... It can be another statement game as you continue to pat your lead in Big East play. Another one is Purdue at Michigan. The Wolverines are on the bubble. 
they've they've been inconsistent all throughout the year, and they may be out without uh, freshman star Jet Howard, who suffered injury today. We'll see what happens there. Purdue's been very vulnerable as of late. They're not dominating teams at all. So it'll be interesting to see how Hunter Dickinson d- goes up against Zach Eady because he's going to have to win that matchup for them to win the game. And then you could argue that the entire Big 12 SEC challenge is going to be interesting because there's a lot of compelling games that we didn't think would be that interesting when started a year. But the big one now, considering that you know Kentucky's fallen off a bit, they'll take on Kansas. But the, the top game now is Tennessee versus Texas, two top 10 teams. Both been playing really well as of late. I think the Vols are going to make a case that they're a four contender. And there are times where Texas has definitely looked like that. So that game is the the the, the highlight and sort of the, the star matchup of the challenge this weekend. All right, good stuff there. Um, we're going to have this next round of questions, our lightning round, mid-season questions. As we're approaching, you know, uh, the midseason of conference play, we're 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 past the midseason point of the whole college basketball season. Uh, so we want to get a feel of some of these ACC awards, and we're going to start with your All ACC Men's First Team mid midseason so far. Yeah, so Player of the Year, I'm going to give it to Armando Baycott, UNC. They're in it just enough to where I think Baycott's gaudy numbers is going to warrant him the award. He just became UNC's all-time rebound and double-double leader, and he's basically become good for nearly 20 and 13 a game. It's, it's unbelievable on his account. But Hunter Tyson has quietly been stellar. He's averaging 16 and 10 for Clemson. P.J. Hall was a star last year. This time it's Tyson, and Clemson's currently in first place. And then you look among the guards, uh, Isaiah Wong, the leading scorer in Miami. I think he he has to be up there. He's been outstanding for them. Tyree Appleby, the wake uh, the transfer from Florida, now Wake Forest. He's kept them in contention despite losing Alondis Williams. And then Turkavian Smith, the the guy at NC State, the Wolfpack has had a nice bounce back year, and they're 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 in contention for a tournament bid, and he's averaging nearly 20 points a game, and it's been giving them good assist numbers. So those are my five for first team. All right, good group of players there. Who do you have as the all-ACC defensive player at the midseason point? Uh, I'm going to give it to Leaky Black. He, he, he's, he's, been, he's always been known as a good defender. I think he's been part of the reason why they've been able to win these games is probably the lone true above-average defender on the roster for the Tar Heels. He's been great. Honorable mention will be Justin Mutz, the vers- versatile forward of Virginia Tech. Playing next to Grant uh, Basile could pose issues, but Mutz has been fantastic on, on that end. The issues for the Hokies haven't been in the front court, but more of the lack of production from the backcourt as of late. All right. Uh, who do you have as the ACC newcomer of the year? Yeah, it, it's basically came down to two players, uh, Tyree Appleby and freshman Kyle Filipowski for Duke. But I think just looking from the, the talent, the surrounding talent and how the teams are played, I'm going to give it to Appleby of the Demon Deacons. All right. And loving, loving the list so far. I, I, I don't see much that I disagree with at all. Um, who do you have as the ACC midseason coach of the year? Uh, I think it, it, it's it's easily Brad Ronell of Clemson. Team was, was projected 11th 
in the league, lost their entire backcourt. P.J. Hall was injured to start the year. They had a rough start in a non-con play, but now they're first in the ACC, so it has to go to him. But I think the second place right now is Jeff Capel. I think the Panthers were second to last, and some people had them last coming in. No Dior Johnson this year, basically no John Hughley this year, and they've managed to find a way to be 6-3 and three in league play and firmly on the bubble right now. So credit to Capel and, for, and the job that the Panthers have had. All right, and who do you have uh, winning the ACC uh, men's regular season basketball title? Yeah, this one, this one's going to be easy as well, Virginia, and, and simply because they've shown that they're just least likely to lose games. I mean, Miami fall into to Georgia Tech, and uh, they're, they're they've shown that they're going to be vulnerable. Dukes, their youth, that they're going to lose games on the road. North Carolina is inconsistent. Virginia has shown that they're going to be the one that's just going to lose. The least amount of games, so I, I, they'll be first easily when it's all said and done. And and Virginia's starting to find that offense again that we saw in late November, um, early December when they were, you know, when they beat Baylor and Illinois, one on the road at Michigan. Uh, they went, you know, they had the Beekman injury and they went into a little bit of an offensive lull but they're starting to get that back and we know that tony bennett's guys can play defense but when they start getting that offense where they they feel like they don't have to you know shut teams out and score you know and hold them to 55 points but where they can get into a game where they can score 70 75 points a game that's when virginia is really really good and i'm i feel like we're starting to see that again from virginia and and i agree is as good a job as Clemson and Brownell have done. Um, the schedule gets a little bit tougher in the second half. And, you know, Virginia has shown the least vulnerability of, of the ACC team so far. All right, Tristan, as we look towards the NCAA tournament, um, it's never too early to start talking about it. Resumes. Uh, how many ACC teams would be in the NCAA tournament if the selection Sunday were today? I think they get six teams in. I think they're, 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 there's definitely going to be comfortably four, Duke, North Carolina, Miami, and Virginia. And then, then you have another four that, that's in the hunt, Wake Forest, Clemson, NC State, and Duke. Wake Clemson's first in the league, but because of quad four losses to Loyola, Chicago, and South Carolina, it's really dragged down their numbers. So they're going to have to keep winning. And plus, they've had a fairly easy schedule compared to others, so their, their toughest challenges are yet ahead. I think two of those four would eventually get in. I think it would be Wake Forest and Clemson. But Pitt and NC State are still going to be in the mix. And I think uh, there's, a, there's a good chance when it's all said and done, they can find a way to get seven. It'll certainly have to depend on what other conferences do as well, of course. All right. And, and, and for NC State, um, you know, and you talked about him earlier on the All-ACC team, Tracavian Smith uh, took a very um, scary looking foul against North Carolina yesterday. And, you know, he, he North, NC State can go as far as, as Smith can take them. So it was some nervous moments for sure for NC State Wolfpack fans. But it sounds like um, Traquavian Smith is, is going to be day to day. He's going to be okay. And so that was really good news released from the uh, NC State uh, today. Because uh, when he's available and he's playing, you know, of the way he's capable, NC State is an NCAA caliber team. 
Um, and he's just an irreplaceable player on that team. So good, good news that, you know, scary looking uh, foul yesterday uh, turned out to be not, not too bad uh, injury wise for Smith. All right. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as, as we close out the podcast with our last question. Tristan, this is open microphone time. You can say anything you want. You're on the floor. The floor is yours. Yeah, so I think when you look at the ACC, the overall coaching trajectory, we, we know that Mike Bray is going to be gone at Notre Dame, and they've really just fallen off 1-8 and eight in league play, and this, this current core just isn't going to work. So whoever comes in is going to have to rebuild the entire roster. I don't think Kenny Payne should be on the hot seat this year, but I think he's clearly going to be on next year because two and seventeen and, and not even being competitive in league play just just isn't going to get it done. And then Josh Pastner, Georgia Tech, we we knew from a talent level that they was going they was going to be bad. It's going to be hard to make the case that that he gets should get another year because there's just very little talent you want to hold over. It might just be better to start a rebuild. Interestingly enough. Thought Jim Beheim and Syracuse would be here, but the freshmen started to play well, play better as of late. You look, you look at uh, Chris Bell, you look at Justin Taylor, Judah Mintz is going to be a one and done t- for the pros. But I-, I think Coach Beheim has a little bit something left. It'll be interesting to see if they actually can go to the portal and get some more talent. But the Orange has been quietly I- impressive. They just don't really have a resume to warrant, you know. Uh, NCAA tournament considerations, but the, the, the Orange has quietly been been a solid surprise so far. I, I think that's a very good comment, Tristan, because I, I, I personally think that if the freshmen weren't playing, they would be much farther south. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's hard to run a zone with guys who are mostly not great athletes. Like, there's limitations what you're going to do when Joe Gerard's out there, but this this team was always going to be just just having you know growing pains. Like there's only so much Gerard and Jesse Edwards is going to do. You have to figure out half talent. That's been some of the issues Bayheim has had, which is not playing guys, and then they they essentially end up moving on to greener pastures and having to start over. Just start playing guys and seeing what happens. You you don't really have anything to lose, and you have a whole lot to gain from because you can see who the true building blocks are for the future. Outstanding analysis, outstanding analysis. Now, for my open mic, we're going to go to me here first, Jeff, because I just want to ask two more questions of Tristan. And this, you know, I, I, I want to, I guess I want to push back a little bit, but maybe not. Yeah, I'll challenge you a little bit. Uh, and I, this is a homework question, Tristan. This is about my Hokies here. I don't see a player on the Hokies at the three, four, or five spot that's going to be on any of the first three all ACC teams. What would you agree with that? I I considered both Sean Perdula and Justin Mutz for a second and third team. I think they've both been really good. The problem is when you lose so many close games, it it, it it it's hard to make that case. Like Virginia Tech is not a bad team. Like I don't think anyone is putting them in the Notre Dame, Louisville, Georgia Tech conversation. But at the same time, you you so you have to find a way to win these games. If you're not getting blown out of them, you know, yeah, it's bad luck, but 
you kind of have to make your luck at some point. So I, I'd still credit Perdula for his breakout campaign, but it's very clear that they just have very limited depth. And when the top four guys aren't having good games, they're very much in jeopardy of losing. Sort of like Notre Dame in a way, because Notre Dame voluntarily only plays six guys and they need all of them to play well. So those two teams are a little more similar, but I think we all respect the Hokies roster more than the Irish. Fair enough. Fair enough. This is why we have you here to do the great, great analysis for great analysis for us. I felt in my own opinion that, you know, let's, let's, let's throw this out there. You've got, you've got, uh, there are two players that I think Blackshear's one of them from, from Williams roster. Then you go a bit further here just to last year to write Kiva Luma. We'd, I feel the Hokies don't have, it's probably fair for me to say this, don't necessarily have a player like that on this roster. And I think at times that if, you know, if you had somebody of that caliber, you'd be winning more of these one score. You'd be closing perhaps more of these game these games out. Now, you did bring up a fair point earlier in the podcast that the guards haven't been productive, and that's true. I mean, if we went through the roster, if we went through the box score from last night versus Clemson, you'd see that every one of the the forwards, the, the guys four and five spot for Virginia Tech last night were shooting 50% from the floor. The guards sure as heck were not. So I think you bring up some very good points. Now, my second question for you, this is going to be, a, this. I know you follow women's basketball too. I almost feel like the ACC could have 10 teams in the in the NCAA women's basketball tournament this year. Is that Yeah, the the the, the top of the, the top of the leagues in both the SEC and and Pac-12, they usually get a bunch uh, of bids. They, there's there's some weaknesses in the middle. So I think there's a chance that the bids can be spread around and then among the mid-major conferences there there haven't been too many leagues that are clear multi-bit leagues or, or where there's teams that are definitely getting at large even if they don't win a conference tournament i think the the, the acc for the women it is is solid but i don't think it, it's strong enough to get 10. I, I think seven or eight is probably where where it'll lie and i think there's going to be a lot of teams beating up on each other in the middle to where they'll probably affect each other's numbers that's me the homer here that was looking at the <laughs> Looking at the standings today. <laughs> Very, this is why we have you here to keep us honest. I appreciate that, Tristan. Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. Um, my my open mic is is pretty brief, and and I'd like Tristan's thoughts on on this as well. You know, talking nationally, but I mean, I don't, I, I don't see a really a truly elite basketball team out there i mean i know purdue's got a great resume um but like tristan said they've they've shown um you know how vulnerable they can be they've actually probably should have lost a couple times they should have lost to michigan state the other day um and and i do think that they're it's it's right for them to lose a a, a game or two very very good team but you know you know not not one that i think is going to go necessarily um you know that's invincible and and then you look at what happened this weekend with the the Temple win at at Houston um, that uh, Tristan messed. But then we also had TCU going into Allen Fieldhouse and just absolutely thumping uh, Kansas. Some people thought that was the best team in the country. Uh, UConn, um, 
like Tristan was talking about, you know, three weeks ago, like, man, this UConn team is, is unbelievable. And then they've fallen into a rut. I mean, I guess you could, you, you might can say Alabama is probably playing the best basketball at the moment. Um, but, but when it, when it comes tournament time and, and it usually is way, but I mean, I, I think it's going to be one of those, years again where it's going to just be absolutely wide open that there's going to be a, a, a six seed plus you know getting to the final four you're going to have you know multiple double digit seeds um in the sweet 16 maybe another um deep run by a double digit seed to the to the elite eight uh because these teams there's just there's so much parity in college college basketball that you know even even the teams that are you know in the top five um, you know, can have like these these huge off nights. I mean, who, who goes into Allen and does that to Kansas? You know, in any season, and and TCU just literally took them and part and carved them up. Um, you know, from the from the moment of the tip off. Um, so I mean, I'm just looking forward to the rest of the college basketball season, the tournament. I mean, I think we're 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 headed towards a great couple months of college basketball. Um, what what are your thoughts on that, Tristan? Yeah, I, I people say that there's no great teams, although I, I think that term gets thrown out a lot of way because basically unless a team goes 30 and one, we're not going to consider them great because even even elite teams lose games like the yeah, yeah, very fair point. Like the goal go like Houston loses to Temple at home. Like yeah, it, it, it's a bad loss, but it doesn't take away that they're a, a legit contender. I think what's happened is that there's a lot of depth and parity in college basketball among the teams that would be considered average. Like usually, if you're a really good team, then you rarely lose to the average teams. You lose to the others in the top tier. This time around, anyone can truly be beaten. Like the Big Twelve, all ten of those teams are good. But someone has to finish. Someone has to have a one and six record. Someone has to be Texas Tech, who's winless in league play. Even though I think all all the metrics have them as a good team, and there's a lot of teams in, in the tournament that's going to be a seven through ten seat that are more than capable of pulling off the upset in second round. And all these teams at the top, they're vulnerable for different reasons. Some have freshmen that that tend to struggle in march some players some have a style of play like a lot of the big 10 teams that may not be suitable uh against others teams out of out of the league in march and then there are some teams that have suspect backcourts that could shoot four of 20 and, and end up leaving so it's definitely wide open I, I think there are a lot of teams that aren't great but all you gotta do is win six games in March, in North Carolina, who I think we could say was average all year, ended up winning five and had Baycott not hurt his ankle in the last couple of minutes, may have ended up with six. All right. Yep. Thanks for that answer. Tristan, you've been awesome tonight. I mean, we loved having you come on this podcast with us. You're always gracious with your time on a Sunday evening with us. And we really appreciated your appearance here on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We would love to have you come back anytime. Thanks again for coming on our podcast and sharing your Sunday night with us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. No problem at all. Okay. Have a great week, guys. Take care.